The Cooped Up Podcast is brought to you guys by Anchor.fm. People are always asking me, Koopa, how do I start my own podcast? And my answer, Anchor is the best place to go. Anchor is the easiest way to start your own podcast. It's free and it includes easy to use tools to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Not only is it easy to use, but Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on sites like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many, many more platforms. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So, do you want to start a podcast about sports, music, literature? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode two of the Cooped Up Podcast, the podcast that has finally downscaled their audio to mono, so you can hear me coming out of both your headphones this time. Amazing. I am your host, as always, Koopa, and joining me this week, friends, is a prophet. He is the host of the Glintendo Podcast, the founder and proprietor of the Glintendo Circuit, and most importantly, the only man on Twitter whose tweet has at least one like on it at all times. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a warm, cooped-up welcome to my friendo, Super Glintendo. Glenn, my man, how are you? Dude, that's uh, the nicest introduction I've ever gotten to anything in my life. <laughs> I yeah, try, man. Thank you, thank you for having me on. Um, it's, it's actually an honor to be number two, second guest on your podcast. Cam was a perfect number one. Like, I think that was like <laughs> your perfect first guest because you guys have so, so much in common and all that stuff. Cam is the best. But number one is always like, you know, it's quicker, it's easier. Everybody loves number one. But we all know number two is the shit. <laughs> you know, I can't argue with you on that. That's anatomy. Like, you had to, you had to pay college credits or you know money for a college course to, to learn about that but number two bro i know it's it's crazy you know if we're going by by baseball terminology number two is where you put your best hitter so we're, we're coming out yeah. the gate strong with with guests but <laughs> you know i'm i'm excited because you know obviously cam was like you said a great first guest and if we're going 20 degrees of separation you know i once bet with you uh a dollar that cam would beat a a certain john numbers in a smash set and oh my God. let me let me tell you that soda that I bought with your dollar tasted so sweet after that tournament. <laughs> okay, so for, let me set the the stage for this story because it's actually hilarious. So you and I were at Zeno. Zeno is a um, a classic Smash Brothers tournament that's been running for many years, and it's in the Lower East Side, right? So you and I are hanging out, and we're watching a tournament set, and Cam famously played sonic he was one of the best sonic players he was great and he was against john numbers famous for being the best Wii fit trainer in the world right and so we look at each other i don't know if it did i initiate it with you or did you initiate it with me no this is definitely a product that you started <laughs> okay so i guess i turned to you and i was like i bet you a dollar that cam is gonna lose right here <laughs> and like uh, right after i said that 
he he spring rides John Numbers and just roofs him off the top of the stage. And I'm like, oh no, like now I'm done. Like once he did that, <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm losing this dollar, man. I mean, at least you, it was a it was a very quick acceptance. Uh, you know, you 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 very quickly realize what was going on around you. To be fair. I bet on John Numbers, but if there's anyone I want to lose more in that set, it would be John Numbers. I, <laughs> I like, I definitely wanted Cam to win. It was almost like I was betting, I was betting cynically, like, oh god, you know, you know, Numbers is gonna win, right? Like, oh brother, that was the vibe. So I, I was happy. <laughs> That's one of the happiest dollars I've ever lost. We love that. So, um, so I did this bit last episode. Um, as I previously stated, I'm a big consumer of podcasts. It's one of my favorite mediums. And one of my favorite podcasts is hosted by actress, comedian, and writer uh, Whitney Cummings. And she does a bit at the beginning of all of her episodes where she asks her guests what their relationship is, if they're friends or not. And I think it's awesome because it leads to a much more authentic interview. You know, you don't want to call someone your friend and then, you're, you know, they hit you with the I'm not your friend guy. And then you go down the, the bit ladder. <laughs> But I'm I'm merely doing this just to, for my own, you know, self worth and to help me sleep at night. So Glenn, on record, for for the audience, could you please tell the class if we're friends or not? <laughs> I love how you designed. You designed the podcast to prove to people that you have friends. <laughs> and it's like, all right, let me start with Cam so I could get that one, get maximum clout off of Cam admitting publicly, yes, the rumors are true. I am friends with Koopa. <laughs> and now I'm, again, I'm honored to be the double or nothing, to double up on Cam and be like, all right, you need my clout to admit that I'm friends with you. So here I am. I'm going to admit that not only are we friends, I'm going to do you one better than that. I consider you one of my best friends in the whole world. Out of everyone I've met over the course of, like, the the my adventures in the Smash community, there are a few people where I'm like, oh, this is I've made a lot of friends. Obviously, you know, it's it's me, you know, but <laughs> out of some of them, I, there are some people, there are very few people where I'm like, I feel like I'm going to be friends with that guy for the rest of my life. You're very much one of those people. And it's, it, it, I think it's because we can talk about video games and Smash and Nintendo and all that dorky stuff, but you're one of the few people that I know that like, that I met through Smash that knows a lot about like pop culture and movies and music. And we can kind of just, I feel like when we hang out, sometimes we don't even talk about games at all. Like we talk about a bunch of other stuff that we have in common. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because that's what I said in, in the last episode with cam, you know, you, you, there's, there's definitely levels of friendship, you know, when you meet people within the smash community, obviously there's the guys that, you know, you'll like hang out with at your locals. And then there's the people that play the same characters as you, and then there's that one guy who's, like, kind of famous that follows you on Twitter. So you can, like, go around and tell them that they're, like, yeah, this guy's my friend. Uh, but then there's the guys, like, you know, like you and Riz and, and you know, Cam and, and a bunch of other people that I know were, like, you know, we have things in common outside of just playing video games. It just happened to be this video game that's the binder between us. And, and you know, we can force our friendship upon each other. Yeah. So, yeah. so Glenn, for the – so. <laughs> I, I will allow you to tell this story one more time so that oh is it is God. it is ingrained in in pop culture history so like like i said when the aliens inevitably come down from the sky 
and they're like, yo, what's the best podcast to listen to? And my podcast is the only one that exists outside of the Glintendo podcast. Um, let's, can you tell the public how we first met each other? <laughs> I was wondering if this was going to come up. And by the way, for your sake, I actually, I actually walked into this podcast telling myself, like, look, I'm not bringing this up because <laughs> Kyle – I've told this story so many times that you're 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 tired of this story. So I'm honored <laughs> to be able to retire this story on record with live mics <laughs> to testify. Go on record with this story for the last time. So um the way that we met was actually not I feel like we weren't friends based off of our first interaction. We were not. And we were sworn enemies. Yeah, like so it was my first ever Smash tournament back in like 2014 or 2015. This is for Smash 4 on the Wii U. And I had never been to a, I had been to like one Brawl tournament like many, many years prior to that. Um, and it wasn't like a real tournament. It was just like for fun thing. It was like items on and stuff. So this was my first time going to like a real tournament with real rule sets and like real competitors and stuff. And so my first ever my round one, my first ever game at a competitive Smash tournament was on stream, and it was against you. And so for, you know, everyone who's listening to this most likely knows Smash Brothers, but just in case you don't, you know, to win a tournament set against another player, you have to win two out of three games, right? So game one, we play, and you famously, of course, you played Sonic. You were probably wearing your Sonic underwear. You probably had your like little <laughs> rings on. Like I don't know what you do. I actually went you, you... In, in Nevada. I'm actually wearing a villager shirt that I got from Redbubble, of all oh, things. Okay. It's very funny. So the mix-up. You tried to mix me up on the character select screen. So <laughs> you went Sonic, and famously, of course, I played Link. Like both of us are. It's funny because both of us are like known in the Smash community for those characters. Like, we're very much tied to the characters that yes. we played. And it was my first time, again, at a tournament, but it was also my first time fighting Sonic, like, ever. Like, I, no one I knew played that character. So, game one, I get bodied, right? And for some reason, I don't know why you did this to this day, <laughs> you switched to Charizard game two. And I wiped the sweat off my brow, dude. I was like, because my brother played Charizard, so I was like, oh, okay, I know how to fight this character. I know what to do. And then I bodied you, right? So then Absolutely. it's game three, and we you go back to Sonic, and you're like, okay, like, you know, this guy took a game off me, this new guy that nobody knows, nobody likes this guy, whatever you were thinking. And then you went back to cocky mode, switched back to Sonic, <laughs> and... We're playing, and it's becoming a pretty close game, right? So now both of us are in our last stock, but you have a lot less damage than I do, and I'm, like, at 140%. So for some context, if Sonic were to have grabbed me one time at this percent, I would have lost, right? And so I'm playing the game, and as I'm playing, the timer, every uh, game in a tournament set is set to, like, six minutes, and if the time runs out, you know, the player with the most damage automatically loses the game, right? So I'm playing, and my buddy that brought me to the tournament looks at, he's watching me play, and he whispers in my ear, like, he knows I don't know tournaments because it's my first time ever. He whispers in my ear, hey, dude, like, if the time runs out and you have more damage, you're going to lose. 
and he sees that's coaching like a by minute the way. left. Sorry, say that again. That's coaching, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> mid set coaching, which wasn't illegal yet. Apparently. No, no, so, it was it was a different time. So he whispers that in my ear, and I'm like, oh my god! And I look back at the clock; it's like 30 seconds, and you're Sonic. So ev- anyone who knows anything about Sonic knows you can't catch this guy. He's so fast, and on top of that, I'm Link. I'm like one of the slowest characters in the game. So the clock is going down, and I'm sweating. I'm like, oh my god! Like I need to. If I don't kill him, I'm going to lose. And so it's at the 10-second mark and then five seconds, and it's like five, four. And right at that moment, I just read your double jump into the stage, and I up air you, (laughs) and you die. And you lose the game with like three seconds on the clock. (laughs) And the whole thing is on stream. It's Literally, the set is on YouTube as we speak. And... It's the funniest way for, first of all, for us to meet, for us to first play, and for me to have my first ever Smash tournament set of all time. I won by, like, the skin of my teeth. <laughs> and everybody, <laughs> I feel bad because everyone on the stream, like, the commentators were like, Kyle, how could you drop that? Like, all you needed was one grab. Like, it was so funny, man. Yeah, it was, um, it was a time. And, like, I, <laughs> like... It was just, like, the perfect storm. Like, you know, you were playing with a pro controller. You wore the fedora at the time. So I was like, oh, God. Like, oh, like, this couldn't have been, like, any worse. Um, I definitely was not a likable person <laughs> if you just were to look at me at a glance in that era of my life. I'll, I will grant that. No, definitely I was judging that book hard by its cover, for sure. <laughs> but, um, it, yeah, so, like, that, that happened, and then – um. You know, you like you continued to like frequent our tournaments, and um, I re- actually remember exactly the moment where I was like, you know what, I think this guy and I could be friends, because the the post tourney tradition then was to go to uh, the local diner that was around the corner from there, and um, and like you know, occasionally we'd like go out to like eat and stuff like that, but like we'd be in like a big group setting, so like you can't really get to know somebody in a large group setting and stuff like that. And then I remember I had a birthday coming up. Like, my birthday was coming up, like, in a couple of weeks. And I was like, which of these dudes can I invite to my house, have them meet my family, and, like, not be, like, excommunicated from my from my house for it? <laughs> and I chose you and Hungry as the first two picks in my in my draft. Uh, our Hungry, our, our third mutual friend, and the other guy you hear on the Glintendo podcast. But, um, yeah. So I was like, yeah, you know, these guys are cool. And then, like, I invited you guys, and, you know, you came, we hung out. We talked about stuff, and then it's just kind of been history since then. You know, we, we started going to a lot more things. We all sort of live in the same area, so it was easy for us to carpool. You and I have, have crossed state lines together multiple times. Yeah. Um, we've shared we, – we might we've probably shared a bed at one time. I don't even remember it. Definitely at some event. There has to be. Yeah. yeah. It, <laughs> and and I, I, got, I can't lie, man. In these trying COVID times, I miss that, that intimate closeness of – of driving in your Toyota together. It's it's something I I, I, I yearn for. <laughs> Same, bro. Yeah, but it's it's funny. And I I often think is like what if what like what if the butterfly effect like happened here? Like what if I beat Glenn that day? Because the the, the footnote is that I've never beaten you in tournament before. Like we've played like oh multiple times after that. And like I was just I you've always been my my demon. I've come close. I've come dangerously close. Yes. Where like I, I I crank the dials up to eleven, and I enter you know uh, 
I enter into whatever cat Mario was in in that uh, in, in the Super <laughs> Mario 3D World trailer. I drink I drink Mike's secret stuff from Space Jam. You know, I yeah. I, the, the the third eye was open, and even then it wasn't enough. So it was. Uh, Dude, that means first of all, I'm your Riz. So it's true. What Riz is to me. <laughs> Where I'm like, dude, I played that guy a million times. And for some reason, I got so close so many times and I never beat him. And so I know how that feels. And by the way, choking out a set that you should have won by just doing like the most obvious thing. I also know how that feels. <laughs> so I'm 100%. I feel you, bro. I definitely feel you. It's funny to think about like, what would it have been like if you won that set? Because I don't know if... What might have happened, if I'm just going to speculate, knowing how I uh, internalize and interpret certain things, <laughs> I, it might have actually made you better against me every single time we played because I would have had a complex about, oh, I lost to that guy. And, like, that's one of the weird things about tournaments that I, I noticed over the years was there were certain people that, depending on how you played them the first time you played them, it set the image of them in your head, and that affected uh -huh. either in a positive or negative how you played them forever. Like Riz became, I became even more nervous against Riz, right? Because I never beat him after a hundred sets. So every time I was going to get close, I would get even more nervous because it's like, oh, it's finally going to happen. And then the nervousness would make me play even worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's a terrible thing. And it's funny how you mentioned that, you know, you are my Riz, but it's funny because Riz is also my Riz. So it's like, <laughs> you know, being... <laughs> I, you know, it, it happens. You know, I've I've since gravitated it. to to platforms that I know where I can I can excel at. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, a deadly you know global pandemic has swamped us, and now we're yes. you know we're stuck here making podcasts together. So yeah, so we're gonna get in we're gonna get into it right now. So obviously, the 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 core of the of the cooped up podcast is that you know a lot of us are stuck inside, and you more so than. Than most other people, I still have a job that requires me to go into work every day, for the most part. But you correct me if I'm wrong. You have been working from home, correct? Yeah. So first of all, my condolences on you having to leave your house and go to work because, like, I, I like you said, I've been working from home. And dude, one day you'll get to that point. I, I, I'm, I have faith that you will get to that point. But once you get to that point where you're working from home, you will never want to step foot in an office again. It is the best feeling ever. So I've just been doing freelance video editing work. And uh, whenever I have a, a gig that I get booked for, it's like, all right, I just wake up at, you know, 8.45, I grab coffee or water or whatever. And then I just sit down at my desk, I get to work and there's no one hanging over my shoulder. And it's, dude, it's honestly the best feeling ever. Oh, I'm I'm sure. I'm, I'm ready for it. And you've definitely worked like a... Your fair share of, of interesting jobs, you know, uh, and stuff. I think when I met you, you were still working as a as a concierge. Is that what you were doing? Oh, yeah. Dude, honestly, if the funny thing is that if you wanted to fill, like, a five-hour podcast, if for some reason you needed to fill five hours of a podcast, I can do that by just talking about all the crazy jobs I've had. The, the <laughs> one you're talking about, I was a room service guy at, like, a very fancy hotel in, in, in New York City. Um, I'm pretty, yeah, that, that makes sense that that's like when we met because I left that job like maybe a year or two later, but yeah, that, I was a room service guy. And so, you know, I have a lot of, uh, a lot of stories about being a room service guy at a fancy New York hotel. 
without getting too deep into it, because that's a podcast for a different day, and I'm definitely going to hold on to that nugget. Who's the most famous person that you've run into at this hotel? Wow. That's that's a good question. Um, if I had to pick one, I would probably say Leonardo DiCaprio. That's pretty famous. That's like... Oh, wow. I didn't Brad even Pitt. know about this one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like... It's weird to say that you met them, right? Because it's not like I shook the guy's hand and I'm like, what's up, Leo? And he's like, oh, what's your name? Glenn, awesome to meet you. Like, he doesn't even know my <laughs> name. Like, if I saw him again, he wouldn't even know that we had met before. But, um, but yeah, obviously for me, that was like, oh, my God. Like, this is this person. It's, it's, it's insane. It's just insane to see those people in real life. It's actually crazy. Yeah, you, uh, you knocked on Leo's door and he answers. And you immediately respond with, sell me this pen. <laughs> yeah. uh that's a that's a, if, if you know the reference you you know it and if you don't go watch a movie speaking of God, which i love i how much do you love that movie by the way Real that's one of my aside, favorite just, movies i think I, of all time i was crazy about it dude it's like it's so morally reprehensible and it takes it to like 11 at all times i yes. i could watch that movie over and over again no i and i have and i, I and i watched that one scene you know, when Jordan Belfort's in the office and he's just like, I'm not fucking leaving. And he just go, he, <laughs> he just lays into it. And it's, it, he starts hitting himself in the head with the microphone. Like he starts <laughs> going, he literally just like de-evolves and into some like Cro-Magnon part of his brain. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah, it's, it's so wrong that it's good. No, I, I agree. Like that, that whole, you can say that for that, the entirety of that movie. And one day I'll, I'll, I'll sit down and I'll talk about The Wolf of Wall Street at at, at nauseum because at some point I'm going to rewatch that movie because it's fun. But we're yeah. going to we're going to get into our, our topics here. So like, you know, this is a, uh, a a a pop culture podcast. You know, a lot of us are spending time at home. You know, we're all trying to find ways to to fill the voids of where our our quote unquote social lives used to be, because, you know, you, you can't get that same person to person, you know, social interaction. So I sent Glenn. The same list of questions that I sent Cam, and you know it, it it definitely lined up well with Cam because you know he had just finished a show that I had recently just watched, and like he just played a game that I'm very familiar with. So this is this will be fun because I'm I'm we talked a little bit about what 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 you've been you've been up to in your in your pop culture co uh, consummation, you know uh, while you've been home. So we're gonna start with the first of these uh, three categories regarding that uh, and that's the fresh face and it's usually what what i mean by that is that it's a new piece of media that you consume this year whether it be good or bad and it could be a movie it could be a video game so what's something that you what, what's something that caught your eye for the first time and since your quarantine began glenn so i've seen by the way like just quick aside once I saw that we were in quarantine, like early 2020, once I saw that it was going to be this thing where I'm at home all day and doing all sorts of things, like I went and caught up on so much stuff that I'd been like thinking about for years, like movies, books, video games, like so much stuff. So it was actually really hard for me to pick one thing because last year I definitely saw more movies than I've ever seen any other year in my life. And the same for how many books I read and games I played. But the one that came to mind first was the one I just saw the most recently, which is Tenet, uh, directed by Christopher Nolan. And that movie, um, it came out, it had like a really weird launch because like 
you know, obviously COVID and it's supposed to be in theaters. And that's like Nolan's whole thing is that he loves theaters and he's trying to make movies that are better in theaters. I saw it at home recently. Uh, and that's like the first thing that, that comes to mind. Did you see it yet? So I have not because, um, okay. So, you know, we'll, 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 we'll keep it pretty spoiler free because it is a new piece of media, obviously. And yeah. I believe it's on uh, it's on VOD. I don't know if it's on a streaming service or not. If um, it's not, yeah, it's not. That checks out. So, yeah, I remember hearing a lot about Tenet, like right before the world shut down. And you know, I'm a huge fan of Christopher Nolan as a director myself. Like, you know, if you're familiar with like, you know, the uh, the Christian Bale Batman movies, you know, he's directed him. He directed Man of Steel. Uh, no, he produced Man of Steel. He produced Man of Steel. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but um. He's also behind some other huge movies. Like one of my favorite movies he's done is Memento. Um, oh yeah, that movie's fantastic. And uh, you know he's also had his hands in you know uh, Interstellar and Inception and you know uh, a bunch of other movies and stuff like that. So he's he's yeah. definitely like when you talk to people about like who their their favorite directors are. Um, I I remember taking a film class in in college. And um, some, you know, the first class is everyone just listening to their favorite directors and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I think we talked for about half the class about Christopher Nolan because of how good his movies are. So, yeah, um, I mean, he's definitely he's definitely my favorite, like active. Actually, no, because my favorite director of all time is Martin Scorsese and he's still active and making movies that I, I love still. But outside of Martin Scorsese, Nolan is like my favorite active director. Um and yeah, like I've seen all of his movies and like literally I've seen each and every single one. Um, I actually have a question for you because I'm not, I'm not going to get into spoilers, but I'm trying to I, I want to make a prediction on how much you might like Tenet before you even see it. I like this. Um, so you've seen Memento, right? Which, yes. which Nolan movies have you seen? The, I'm assuming just like the Dark Knight trilogy. You said Memento. Which other ones have you seen? I've seen like a lot of like the flagship ones. Like I've seen Interstellar yeah. uh, like twice or three times. I've seen Inception. So like I'm I'm pretty familiar with like the the tent pole like Christopher Nolan stuff. Yeah. Which one of those is your favorite one? Ooh, that's a hard one. I really love Memento. Like that's like. Yeah, that's that's like that one of like my comfort movies when I like, you know, if it's if it's on like I like where, no matter what part of the movie it's at, I'll watch it. Yeah. So the way that I like to look at it and, and the reason why I asked about that is because if you look at Nolan's body of work there, he kind of has like these two different um, styles of movies that he does. So like he does the very conceptual movies, which is like Memento and Inception and uh interstellar but then and a lot of people kind of the meme of nolan is more like those kind of movies like oh this is some crazy concept and whatever but then when you look at like his other movies like if you look at the prestige and you look at um the dark knight trilogy and you look at dunkirk uh, of course like they have similarities with each other but the the thing that i'm noticing is that the more conceptual Nolan fans, like the Memento and Interstellar and all that, and Inception, that's more the line of like where Tenet comes in. It's a, it's not really like Dunkirk or The Dark Knight or the more story-driven ones. It is very like, I feel like he just, this movie is like, 
he had a really cool idea. Like, what if a movie did this, right? And then, then they made the movie and the story wrapped around that. Kind of like Memento, where it's like, what if the movie plays backwards? Like, okay, so we right. have a guy who has a memory problem, and we have to build all these things to sell you on that concept. And Inception is very much like that, too. Like, what if it's a dream, in a dream, in a dream? And so this <laughs> has a, a very similar concept. Like, when you see it, you're going to know what I'm talking about, where it's like, you can tell that one day him or his brother, who, who helps him write a lot of his movies and uh, produces stuff to, with him, too, um, who also he also he actually wrote Westworld, so that's like another thing if you're into that. But oh, that's been a show. That's been a show on on my list to watch for like a while. Same, yeah. Um, so I think if if you're more into like the conceptual Nolan stuff, I think Tenet is going to be like something that you really really like. But if you're more into like the more sentimental and simple stories that he's told, not simple, but like less you know ambitious in terms of its like. Um, in terms of its like storytelling, um, you might find this movie a, a little bit complicated. Right. That's from a lot of what I've read because I, I watch a lot of you know film podcasts and stuff like that. And a lot of what I've um, read from or listened to in these reviews is that you know uh, like one guy's like oh yeah like I got a screener to see it in L.A. I went to go see it. My I liked it and my only gripe was that I I wish I could go see it again without like risking COVID. Because it's one of those movies where, like, you might you kind of have to watch it twice to like really figure out what's going yeah. on. I know I had to watch Interstellar like uh, the second time. It like kind of stuck with me a little bit more because I'm like, oh, that's what's that's what's going on here. It took me like there are obviously like certain movies like that where like you know you really gotta like you know the first time you're watching it for the experience, and the second time is when you're watching it for all like you know okay I know yeah. how it ends, but how does it get there? Right. Yeah. And I actually, so again, like I'm a huge fan of, I've seen all of his movies. Right. And I would say that this movie is my least favorite Nolan movie, but it's still a very good movie. Um, but the reason I say that it's my least favorite is because of what you just said, where when you see like Interstellar or, um, even the dark Knight, actually like the dark Knight it gets better the second time you see it because every question that you had, you can kind of start to see the seeds of it earlier in the story. Right. But the difference is that those movies, at least this was my experience. I'm, I, I don't want to speak for like anyone else who really loves Tenet or whatever, but like after seeing it only one time, unlike Interstellar and Inception and all that stuff, I feel like those movies, I got enough of it where I was satisfied the first time I saw it, and the second time it just got even better because the picture became even more clear. But with Tenet, and like I, I can't wait to hear if you have this experience too when you finally see it, but like it feels like it's designed for you to see it twice to to really even be satisfied. Like I felt like it's an amazing movie in terms of like the spectacle of it. Like, there are scenes where you're just going to be like, like, even if you don't understand what's happening, just the visual aspect of it, you're just going to be like, wow, that's insane. But in terms of, like, it making sense, it was like, I really feel like it's designed for you to see it at least twice. Like, this is the only movie I could think of where I felt this much like I really need to see it again to even have an opinion on the story and all that stuff. Yeah, no, that's that's from a lot of what I read that checks out and I'll definitely like move it up my list of things to do because something that I'm doing this year is uh my friend Sean 
in the year 2020, watched 100 movies he's never seen forever. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, so he watched 100 films for the first time. And I'm following suit. Like, I'm trying to – I, I want to do that, and I can definitely hit that because, like I said in the last episode, I'm a terrible consumer of media <laughs> because I keep myself so busy all the time. I don't get, like, a lot of instances to, like, sit down and, like – like, I'm really good at watching, like, things that come out in the moment. I'm really bad at going back and, like, retroactively watching things that I've never seen before. So, like, I'm going to expose myself real quick. Um, I've never seen any of the Lord of the Rings movies. Oh, my God. I know. It's I. It's a black mark on my nerd card. Uh, I'm working on it. I'm, I'm trying to be, be, be a better person about it. And um, me and, and my girlfriend agreed to, to sit down and watch it after I jumped through a couple of other caveats of what we're supposed to watch together. That's so funny because it proves a theory that I've had for a very long time. <laughs> oh, no. Here's the theory. A lot of those things become super popular and people go down the rabbit hole and the huge time investment of a lot of those movies because it has a very high girlfriend factor. So <laughs> for me, Harry Potter was that. Like I saw the first one when it first came out and I was like a, a really tiny kid. I, I don't even remember watching it. That's how young I was. And I never saw any of the other ones. And then I was dating this girl and she really wanted to see all of them. So oh, I think the last movie was about to come out or something. So she like wanted to watch all the other ones again. And so the only reason I've seen every Harry Potter movie is because of that. And the only reason I've seen every Star Wars movie is because of that. Lord of the Rings <laughs> kind of slipped through the cracks there. But like that is so funny. Everyone I talk to is always like, oh, you know, me and my girlfriend, like we, we went down this journey together. If it was either of us by ourselves, we might never have put in the time. <laughs> yeah that that's that's definitely very true and um i'll, I'll definitely like you know, we, we me and my and my partner have definitely gone down like the a, a very steep rabbit hole of films you know i made an agreement with her that i'd watch all of the harry potter movies with her if and uh if she watched all the mcu films with me so she oh, definitely wow. got like yeah she definitely got the shit end of the deal because there's obviously like like three times more movies in what i made her watch but we're, we're, we're compensating because, you know, I also have to watch, like, Sherlock and all of the Lord of the Rings movies with her. And by then, we might be even. But that's still to be determined. Um, if there is I, – I will talk about one new piece of media that I've consumed. And it's actually ironic because it's a movie I just recommended to you to watch for the first time because I just watched it for the first time. And that is the Taika Watiti vehicle, Jojo Rabbit. Oh yeah, that movie looks awesome. I really want to see that. Yeah, so I, I'll be I'll be quick about it because um, this movie came out in like a really like busy Oscar year. It came out in like 2019, and uh, like that year for movies was like really really good, um, which sucks you know considering where we are now and how I think one of the last movies I saw in theater was Sonic the Hedgehog, and we're just gonna leave it at that. But um, my condolences. Yeah, <laughs> um, but. No, so Jojo Rabbit was, you know, a, a critically acclaimed film. Um, you know, Taika Waititi is, like, I, I think it's probably his best work uh, of what he's done as a director. Um, the movie, it's, I, I am a huge fan of period pieces. Um, you know, it's, I watch a lot of, like, war movies with my dad. So, like, we've seen, if, if you can think of it, I probably watch it at some point with my dad. So, like, Saving Private Ryan. The Hunt for Red October, like all of those, like you know, like yeah. super popular, like you know, period piece war films. 
Uh, and Jojo Rabbit takes such like an interesting twist on it because you're seeing World War II through the eyes of you know uh, a child, and um, you know it, it's really fun. Uh, Taika Waititi, like he does in most of his films, he plays a character in the movie. Uh, so he is uh, actually playing the role of Adolf Hitler, which is really, really <laughs> funny. Um, and he's he's great in that role. Um, the movie's shot beautifully. The story's fantastic. Um, you know, it's a really different take on a period piece. And I apologize if you hear crying in the background. There's a baby in my house right now, and he's got lungs <laughs> on him. So he's... You the, said Adolf Hitler, bro. You said <laughs> I did. I, heard I did. You. I know. It, it's my own fault, and I, I'll live with this mistake for the rest of my life. But no, I I'm very sad. I put this movie off for so long because there were a lot of great movies that came out this that Oscar year. Um, you know, I think that was the same class as like Parasite and um, and other movies that came out that year that I really liked, like Knives Out, uh, which yeah. was my favorite movie of that Oscar class, and it. I think I I I think it got shut out. No, I think it won like best original screenplay or something, but don't quote me on that. Right. Um but no, this uh JoJo Rabbit was a lot of fun. Um Wait, it's, what what else has he directed actually? Cuz I actually I knew that he was an actor in the movie, right? So I actually didn't know he was a director. I don't know if that makes me sound really stupid cuz I'm actually pretty good on movies, but I had no idea that he was a director. <laughs> so here we go. We're going to we're going to pull it up right now. So he's only been directing um, since 2007. But uh, he's directed a couple of, of short films, and he's had a couple of acting roles in his movies as well. Um, but, you know, some of his uh, some of his filmography. Uh, so what he f- directed What We Do in the Shadows, which came out in 2014, uh, which got adapted into an FX series, which is fantastic. I highly recommend it. Um, he directed, produced, and wrote Hunt of the Wilder People, uh, which is, uh, that movie came out in New Zealand, I believe. I've heard really good things about it. And he also directed a little number called, uh, let's see, uh, Thor Ragnarok. There we go. That's, oh, uh, he directed that. Yes. Yeah. He, he directed oh, that. Wow. Um, he has a, you know, just kind of going through his credits. He, he wrote the initial screenplay for Moana, but wasn't credited. Um, he wow. wrote the, he directed the mid credit scene, uh, for Dr. Strange, uh, which makes sense because the mid credit scene of Dr. Strange is actually a scene from Thor Ragnarok. So, uh, oh, nice. you know, that checks out. Uh, he has some acting credits in, uh, the Mandalorian. Uh, he plays one of the droids, uh, in, in the, in the Mandalorian <laughs> for a few episodes. So he's definitely, uh, he also directed an episode of the Mandalorian, um, in the first season so that's awesome dude yeah, he, oh, there are so many actors and like famous people who get to be like a hidden character in a star wars movie or show like i, I remember hearing that daniel craig famous for for the he's the most recent james bond he was one of the stormtroopers in force awakens apparently which yes. is like really funny yeah that's that that's awesome um i love stuff like that and taika watiti also plays korg in in thor ragnarok he's got this like He's this dude made out of rocks that also wears a Hawaiian shirt, and it's really really funny. So he's a he is a phenomenal actor, and he has a a role coming up in uh in the new Suicide Squad reboot uh, next year. So oh nice, that's yeah. the James Gunn one, right? Yes, the James Gunn directed Suicide so it's, Squad. It's gonna vehicle. be it's probably gonna be great. Yeah, it's, as it's, opposed <laughs> to the original, which was not great. But you know, moving right along, uh, the other category we obviously have here. Um, so yeah, uh, Jojo Rabbit, highly recommended. It's on HBO Max if you're looking for a place to watch it. 
Um, really good uh, time sync. Great actors and actresses in it as well. So I know uh, Rebel Wilson and Scarlett Johansson's in it for a spell. So uh, definitely recommend it. Uh, so the next p- uh, category I sent you was a comfort pick, which is, you know, obviously in these trying times, sometimes you just kind of want to turn your brain off, watch something stupid that you're familiar with. So, Glenn, what was your comfort pick? What was something that you went back and watched when you, you you're, you know, you're having a day and you're just like, I just want to just like veg out on my couch and just like feel good about something. So my comfort pick is not necessarily one specific movie. It's a it's like a little subgenre, and it's anything by Studio Ghibli. So Ooh. for me, like those movies are just I don't even know why I'm so attached to them, but like. They're so like sentimental and beautiful and like you you want to like live in that world like the way that they depict the worlds and stuff. so um I saw uh Kiki's delivery service again I saw Spirited Away again I saw um The Castle in the Sky I saw like over over the summer for my birthday uh my family actually got me like this Hayao Miyazaki collection and it's like all the Ghibli films that he directed and so I've just constantly gone back to all of those like any time that I'm just having like either a bad day or I'm just like I need to go on an adventure and get out of this bubble life and get out of the city for a while those movies just hit that spot every single time man no that's that's awesome and um it's funny because I know we've watched a couple of these movies together like in theaters and stuff like that um you know because I forgot uh, about that yeah, yeah yeah so for context our friend our hungry used to work at a movie theater so he'd get access to free movies and Studio Ghibli every year, at least for the last two, three years, they do something called Ghibli Fest, where for, you know, limited amount of times they would release their films in theaters to be watched on the big screen. And I think we watched a good chunk of them. We saw um, I think we saw Princess Mononoke together. We saw Spirited Away together. Uh, we the saw Lupin, Lupin the Third. Yeah, Lupin the Third. Um, you know, we watched a lot of like the flagship like. Very popular ones. Lupin, I feel like, is a little bit more of a deeper cut um, because yeah. it is one of the earlier films. Um, yeah. But it was still absolutely fantastic. And I, it's, I, I'm it's, i glad that you brought that up because uh, we're not sponsored by HBO Max, but I have been spending a lot of time in their library <laughs> um, because I went back and, uh, you know, obviously, you know, when I'm having one of those days, uh, I, I totally get you. You want to just kind of get lost in an adventure f- for a while. And there is a couple of Ghibli movies that I hadn't seen in a long time that uh, are now all available on HBO Max because the entire Ghibli library is available there, uh, you know, for your selling point. And uh, I think it was back in May. I forget when I watched it, but, um, you know, it was like the middle of the afternoon. And I'm just like, I, I want to, like, watch something fun. So I rewatched Ponyo uh, for the first time since I was a kid. And that movie is so cute. Like I I can't yeah. it, it's adorable like Ponyo's is like this this like little like fish girl and she like uh she gets she ends up like finding her way to like a village and stuff like that and she like falls in love with like a boy and she loves to eat ham and like <laughs> it, it's such like a it's such a cute movie um that and- one is also very strange because um it's one of the ones where the art direction is like little different like they tried a lot of different stuff with that specific um story like it's there's like colored pencil aesthetic in some parts of the the story and it's like 
it's it's one of those Ghibli films where they branched a little bit outside of like their comfort zone. Like anyone who who can rewatches it, it's one of the more modern ones. I think it came out like it probably came out like ten years ago, but for Ghibli, that's that's considered modern. But yeah, there's like scenes that are more um, like color pencil-y and like I, I'm not even really sure how to describe it. But yeah, that one stands out because of that stuff. Uh, Ponyo released in on uh, July nineteenth, two thousand and eight. So the movie's actually okay. been yeah, it's a, it's an old movie. It's a teenager now, which is crazy. It's twelve, yeah, yeah, almost cl- getting getting close. Um, but no, it's awesome. And one of my favorite things uh, like about Ghibli movies is that um, they always have like like a list like stars like as uh, as some of the voice actors, which is like it could, if you're watching yeah. the movies dubbed at least, it's just kind of crazy because like. If like reading through the list of you know I, I I like watching the Ghibli movies dubbed just because I feel like that's just it's like nostalgic for me for some reason because I watched like you know Spirited Away dubbed when it was on cable and stuff like that yeah and um like just kind of like listing off some of the people that like voice a character in this movie like there's Noah Cyrus uh who I believe is uh Miley Cyrus's like older or younger brother I'm not exactly sure oh am I getting correct <laughs> I might be wrong on that but. Uh, oh no, he was. Um, I think they were in. Uh, oh yeah, okay. It's the fifth child of Billy Ray and Tish Cyrus. Yeah. So there, there's a there's a Cyrus connection there. Um. But um, yeah, I know Howl's. I know Howl's Moving Castle. The protagonist is Howl's played by Christian Bale, and it's one of the one of the one of the reasons I know that is because back way back when like. Nolan was going tying this back to Nolan, but when the Dark Knight trilogy was still like coming out, I remember before the Dark Knight came out, um, I saw Howl's Moving Castle for the first time, and I, I saw it after Batman Begins. And there's a scene in Howl's Moving Castle where he does the Batman voice in the movie, and it's like yes. I always tell people like this. First of all, it's Christian Bale who does Howl's voice, but he does the Batman voice, and they're like, "Where?" It's like this. There's a scene where. He comes back from like where, like the beginning of the movie, you'd have no idea what Hal does. He's like always away, and the the story's more centered around the 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 character that gets turned into an old lady and stuff. And so Hal magically appears, but he looks really messed up, and like there are feathers coming out, and he's like some kind of beast. And the girl comes to go say to like talk to him and see if he's okay. And if you go watch that scene again, he literally does the Batman voice. It is so funny, man. Yeah, it's amazing. Also, just to correct myself, I I said he when Noah Cyrus earlier. It's a, it is a she. I apologize for that. Gotcha. So, um, but yeah, the, there's a uh, you know Frankie Jonas is, is in this. Tina Fey and Matt Damon voice characters in this movie. Kate Blanchett and oh, Liam wow. Neeson like are 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 here. This so, is for Ponyo. Yeah. It's oh crazy. wow! I didn't know all that. Yeah, and and like Ghibli's like. They've they've dipped their hands into some like successful people. Like one of the ones I just recently uh, rewatched again was The Wind Rises, which is one of the more like yeah. newer popular ones. And like uh, Haley Steinfeld and like John C. Riley are in it. So like they're really yeah. they, they they really like you know they don't you know mess around with the budget there. But you know that yeah, again that one's that one's really cool because I actually just saw that one for the first time like again over over the past year. Um, and yeah, that one is, it's like just a straight up like story. And apparently it's, it's like based off a true story. Like it's based off this book about the guy who actually invented the, this specific type of fighter jet that was used in like the, the, a lot of wars in Japan and stuff. That, that one's a really cool one. Yeah, for sure. So, um, like I said, if any of these movies spark your interest, uh, they are all available on HBO max. So definitely check them out. Um, 
they're 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 just they're they're great like date movies like they're great everything movies like you know not all movies like translate well to certain settings like i wouldn't put this movie on in the middle of a party like <laughs> unless it's like what the people want to watch but like yeah that, you want to put wolf of wall street on in the middle of the party yes but like it's a great like <laughs> it's a great like you know it's a rainy day saturday night you you're you're hopefully not going anywhere you got your your full bottle of shasta and your all rush mixtape and you just want to sit down and watch a fun movie. Uh, you, so know, my- you know what's funny, though? I, I want to ask you about this. So you are uh, shamelessly really into anime, right? You could say that. And I'm, uh, I'm fair weather on anime. Like, Ghibli is definitely anime. But, I, and I, like, I'm a super, like, some Ghibli films are in my top ten movies of all time. So I'm definitely, I'm not going to say I'm not an anime fan or anything. But I'm just not as, like... We be as most people, especially in the Smash community, where like I watch a lot of serialized anime, and one of the things I've heard a lot is some people who are into like more traditional anime, like if you're into like Dragon Ball or you're into Naruto and like that kind of stuff. I've actually heard a lot, and tell me if this is your if you've heard this too. Like that little section of like anime fans, some of them surprisingly don't like Ghibli films. Because they're they're very like uh, I guess for them it's like it, there's no action it's not about like powering up and fighting and stuff like a lot of their stories are just very like sentimental and just very like you know stories and and it's not you know combat and stuff but have you have you heard that like is that something that is is real? I this is news to me personally because um, I. It's it's weird to me because when I think of like you know shows like that like those high octane like you know shonen like you know uh, action anime like Dragon Ball Z and and Naruto and you know One Piece and stuff like that like that brings me back to my childhood and like watching Toonami like growing up because that's where like a lot of people's like first exposure to these shows were before there was streaming services and stuff like that um, and I'd always remember like you know that's on on cable, that's where they'd show like Spirited Away. That's where they'd show Howl's Moving Castle. That's where they'd show My Neighbor Totoro. So like, I would argue I would like those movies more personally if I liked those animes like that. But I think it also just comes down to a genre thing, and also maybe like an attention span thing because those are like you know, you know twenty twenty five minute you know episodes yeah. like segmented up. Like it's one of those things where like you might not always have the attention span to sit down for a movie unless people are beating the shit out of each other. Um, so that's just my take on that personally. Um, but yeah, I like, I'm very nostalgic for like those older, older Ghibli movies, like Kiki's delivery service and stuff like that. So like, yeah, I I actually heard, I think the direct quote that I heard, and again, this was just some random person on Twitter. So I have no idea if this is a representation of a lot of people are just like, it's Twitter. So you just see random opinions. One guy literally said, "Ghibli films are the the uh, chick flicks of anime," and I I I was like, <laughs> "Wow!" I was losing it, bro. Because like to be fair, I also I also grew up on a lot of like traditional serialized anime. Um, the first one would be Dragon Ball Z, and then I saw Dragon Ball, and Dragon Ball is actually a little more in the Ghibli style because it's a lot less action focused. It's more about like the adventure and stuff. But then I remember seeing like. Um, some Gundam stuff and like Yu Yu Hakusho and stuff. So I know enough about that stuff to get what they mean. But it's like, I thought, you know, 
Ghibli movies are very much the Disney of Japan. It's like these are universal movies. Like I have never seen an American or even a person who has said, you know, I don't like The Lion King or I don't like you know <laughs> Pixar movies like Toy Story. Like it's almost like these, you know, they're not very action heavy and it's not about fighting either. They're just great stories with amazing like S plus tier animation and music and all of that. So I thought it was just universal, but again, I might just be, I might've cherry picked one guy who made that comment and it just, it, it bothered me so much that I had to ask you about that. No, I understand. I would like to, if, if you're listening to this podcast, that random person, I just want to talk. So you can, you can find <laughs> me uh, at cooped up pod on the internet. We're going to handle this on my business account, but um, it's also funny. You mentioned that Ghibli's like the Pixar or the, the Disney of anime because they're actually owned by Disney. <laughs> which is funny. Yeah, so it's it's weird. They actually, you, they're not owned by Disney, but they have, Disney I think they have handles, the rights to it. Is that what it is? Yeah. So for a while, I think that's over now. But Disney had the distribution rights to Americanize their films. So uh, Disney, one of the things you mentioned earlier about how amazing their their voice casts have always been, their uh, voice actors were always hired by Disney. So John Lasseter the guy who directed Toy Story and he's like one of the head guys at Pixar or he was, he was like one of the dudes who really was like, we need to bring these Ghibli movies over, but we need to do it right. And they got all these amazing actors to like do the voice work. And for a long time, a lot of those movies were not really available in the West and Disney was the one to bring it over. But then now I don't know what's going on because like you said, the, you can watch all those movies on HBO Max and that's Warner Brothers. And it's not on Disney Plus. And so something must have changed there. I guess maybe Warner Brothers was just like, look, we'll give you more money. Maybe that's what it was. But uh, it should be on Disney Plus but just for the legacy, man. Like, yes. you know, those <laughs> it's it's really like the torch of animation. And like, I, I'm a huge animation nerd. We don't have to get too into that. But like, I recently studied like a lot of the history of Walt Disney and Pixar and all that stuff. And like, you know, Hayao Miyazaki and Ghibli are very much the modern torchbearers for S tier, like godlike animation and classic, classic, you know, animated films. No, for sure. Um, but yeah, these movies come highly recommended. They get that that cooped up seal of approval. Um, yeah. But moving on, uh, the the third, uh, at least the big uh, tentpole I have here is the Hobby Lobby. You know, like most people. Uh, you know, you're either baking sourdough or you're starting a podcast uh, is what I is what I, is what I've broken it down to. There is nothing else you can do in quarantine. But Glenn, what is a what's what's a hobby that you've either, you know, you you might have done this a, a long time ago and you just recently picked it back up or what's something that you've been exploring or something that you, you know, you want to learn as we, you know, continue on into month 10 into 11 of this pandemic. Okay, so first quick aside, you just said the sourdough comment I can't hear that. I can't hear the word sourdough without thinking of this one movie scene that cracks me up every single time. Have you seen me, myself, and Irene? I have. Jim yes. 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 <laughs> okay. So right in the beginning of the movie, right? He it's Jim Carrey being Jim Carrey, right? And <laughs> there's a woman at the checkout line, right? And she's like, he he like creeps up and he's just doing Jim Carrey crazy stuff, and he like sees what she's buying. And he grabs it and then grabs the store uh, microphone and he reads out like Vagisil, Vagisil, aisle five. Like someone, someone's baking a <laughs> loaf of bread and I think it's sourdough. 
That line, <laughs> that line just killed me, man. Like, I can't hear the word sourdough without thinking of that stupid line. But, um, <laughs> so it's like some yeast infection joke. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> Uh, the, the obvious hobby that I started was that over the summer I started a podcast. And so, um, you know, my tag or my, my little persona in the video game sphere is Glenn Tendo. My real name is just Glenn, but it's a Nintendo podcast. And so that was something that I had been wanting to do for a long time because if I'm just going to be completely transparent, it's, it's what you call what Larry David would call a spite cast. It's literally, <laughs> I started this podcast because I used to have a job where I was driving around a long time every single day. I was hours and hours in the car. So I would just go through podcasts, right? And I found that the best gaming podcasts, like these two podcasts that I really liked, they weren't Nintendo podcasts. They were like this one PlayStation podcast and this other one was just like a general gaming one. And they would never really talk about Nintendo. And those were the best podcasts that I would listen to. So I was like, dude, someone needs to do like a really good Nintendo podcast. And so I just took it upon myself to, to do that. And so the quarantine, just like things lined up. And obviously I had a lot of time and, you know, it's been, it's the first time I ever did a podcast or did anything like that. But I was like, you know what, let's just do it. And it's been going for like four or five months now. So that's like the new hobby or the new thing that is always on my mind that I've been up to. No, and, and that's awesome, man. You know, I'm obviously like, you know, you're one of my best friends. Um, and I obviously want to support my friends in any endeavors that they choose to do. And, you know, you've been a guest. I, I, I will argue you're a top tier podcast guest because I've had you on the other podcast I was doing, Gloves Off, uh, a handful wow. of times. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No. Uh. You know, I did another podcast for t- about two years, uh, with myself and my friend Chris. Chris, shout out to Chris Elodian. Uh. Yeah. We did that pretty much almost every week for like two years, where we just talk about Smash news and and you know try to branch out into, into general gaming news. And you know, since we we both got pretty busy, and you know, he's doing his own thing and I'm doing my own thing. We're obviously you know, you know, we're he he's killing it, and I decided to to launch my own podcast. Um, but I, you know, you make a great podcast guest and you, your, your podcast is, is great because like, like I, I might just be biased because I love Nintendo and you're obviously my friend, but even yeah. if I, even if I didn't like you, um, I would still listen to your <laughs> podcast because, you know, the, even the, if you won that first set and you yes. didn't like me. <laughs> yeah. So like, I, um, I, like, I agree. There aren't a lot of like podcasts that specifically focus on Nintendo stuff. Um, it's usually a pretty like broad subject of gaming stuff, which I'm like into and stuff like that. But like, obviously where my, or I like plant my flag is mostly in a Nintendo like audience and stuff like that. So, you know, your podcast has, has been awesome. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a great listen, you know, we'll go through the plugs at the end and, uh, that's a, it's, like I said, it's, it's a great quarantine hobby because everybody has time now and everybody's because everyone's working from home, everybody has at least like a decent, like quality microphone to like yeah. record and do stuff with. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you honestly for, uh, you know, all the, the nice things. Cause even just off, off, uh, this conversation, like separately we've talked and obviously, and you know, you've always been really supportive and stuff. So I super appreciate that. Um, and yeah, like it's, it's one of those things where, um, it's nice to have something that 
you really, again, you don't need to leave your house to do because like, I feel like one of the things about doing a podcast that I, I found to be really rewarding is that um, it's so, you're very comfortable at home, right? And so I feel like it's just made me like way uh, funnier and like way better at talking and like all that stuff. Like I've just gotten so much like experience just doing the podcast and just, I feel like as someone who aspires to like be, you know, a, a comedian and all that stuff, it's been the thing that you can't go out and do shows right now. You know, there's no quarantine is like, uh -huh. there's no public gatherings of any kind. And for me to have something that kind of works that muscle and is fun and I can do from home. And it's like, I feel like I'm, I'm still working out. You know what I mean? It's like the, the yeah. gym <laughs> in a way. It's the best we can do, you know? Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned that because like, I've noticed that a lot with like, you know, cause I'm, I'm a pretty like, I, I'd say, I'd say I'm a pretty like moderate fan of stand up comedy. Like, there's a lot of comedians that like I follow on Twitter and stuff like that and like and you know Instagram and I've noticed that like a lot of them are like you know they're they're posting their material like their new material on like uh their Instagram stories or like the whatever their video function is on Instagram I think they're called uh reels or something like whatever the Instagram's equivalent of like face of of Snapchat stories are yeah like that's where like a lot of comedians like I, I I'm a fan of like uh like Nikki Nikki Glaser is one of my favorite comedians. Yeah. Uh, Dan Soder is one who I really like. Um, David Borey, he's the guy who does a lot of the he does a lot of like the commercial voice work on Comedy Central, and he has a couple of stand up sets and a, a, a podcast. Uh, he's one of three guys on a podcast that I really like. So like a lot of them are like uploading their sets on like the internet because you know there isn't a, uh, an outlet for you to like you know you can't go to a comedy club and like test out your new material. Like you could in the past yeah. and stuff like that. It is it is interesting because first of all, any comedian that started a podcast like five years ago is in heaven right now because like starting it now is is fine too and like you, you should even if you're not a comedian, even if you just wanted to do something like that, uh, you know now's a good time. But if you're someone who wanted to be a comic, if you started five years ago, you probably already built an audience where you can kind of coast and live off of the podcast while you can't go out and do shows. And there's so many comics right now that are, are like, you know, 2020 was supposed to be their year. And then, the you know, the sky falls and they're just like, dude, this this sucks. And like and yeah, I mean, one of the weird things about it is that. uh like you mentioned a lot of comedians that that I also follow that have a podcast and stuff. But one of the differences is that. It's still very different because even if you're going to try material, it's like it's not – there's no audience. And it might just be an audience of like your friend or, right. or an interview or whatever, which is cool. And I guess that's better than nothing. But it is still very, very different. And so I can't wait to see what happens when the world goes back to normal or somewhat close to normal because, yeah, it would just like – I want to see how – comedy world shifts back out of podcasts or if it still stays heavily in podcasts maybe there's so many people who like found way more success with podcasting and they're like yeah i don't really need to do stand-up on i really wanted to and like i love it or whatever yeah no it, it's definitely going to be interesting to see but you know i i'm i look forward to that day greatly and you know we've been recording for about an hour so we're going to be getting that we're going to be wrapping up soon but i couldn't leave Without asking you the question that I, I I love hearing this from my friends, because obviously the the food delivery service is huge right now, 
Um, if you bought stock in like Uber Eats or like DoorDash like six years ago, you're probably making out like a bandit. Maybe it depends. The companies kind of suck, but they're not sponsored, so who cares? Um, but moving right along, Glenn, what what's when you when you choose to splurge and spend money and spend a delivery fee? What is your what's been your Uber Eats order of choice? Okay, well first I want to ask you a question: Which app do you use? Uh, that's oh that's i've so i've recently for a while i was definitely using doordash a lot because there yeah. was a restaurant that i really liked that i found on there um that was like for some reason only available on doordash so uh i got a lot of food for like really cheap and like not that bad a delivery fee um but i'm a, i'm a pretty serious like frequenter of uber eats it's it's pretty bad okay the reason i I ask is because everyone that I've talked to about this stuff, it's funny how people have like, first of all, there's a million services, right? So I listened to yes. your uh, your podcast before this one with Cam, and I think he mentioned a, a service I'd never even heard of. And I was like, dude, what is like, everyone has services they I haven't heard of. There's a million of them. But then on top of that, people always have their like hard nose. They're like, yeah, I'm an Uber Eats guy, but like, I would never do DoorDash. But DoorDash is trash. And I'm like, it's just funny when people have like hard lines on on like a food delivery app. Um, mine, by the way, is Postmates. And I'll tell you why. Because there's a little, I don't know if it's a glitch. I don't know what it is. But if you go on Postmates and you order something, right? And right before you check out, you just close the app. The next, if you open that app like a couple seconds later, I think the system registers that you were about to check out and that made you look at the price and we're like, Oh, this is too expensive. I'm not gonna do it. So they always give me like a discount code when I reopen the app. <laughs> wow, which is just so funny. Yeah, so I've just been abusing that. Like it hasn't worked every single time, but I, it's it's worked a lot. Um, so to your question, the number one thing that I've been ordering has been uh, this. I think you and I actually went to eat here once. It's a place in my neighborhood. It's called Pies and Thighs. Yes. Did, did we go? Oh, the yeah, we fried picking spot. Yeah, we've been there before. I oh, yeah. I love that place. Yeah, I'm actually I'm gonna order that as we speak, bro. Dude, that place <laughs> is awesome. So they do. It's very simple. It's, as the name says, it's pies and thighs. So they specialize in like fried chicken stuff, and they have like a fried chicken sandwich and just like a bucket of chicken and whatever. But the real like thing that I that I uh, order there is like I always get like a fried chicken sandwich. But they have like these baked beans on the side, dude. Those beans are like beans I've never had in my life. <laughs> like they're they're beautiful. They're so good, and I always I always order them just for the beans. And then like they have great pies for dessert, which is another thing. Um, but yeah, that's that's been my order of choice, bro. Fried chicken sandwiches with baked beans and banana cream pie to finish it off. That's a that's an order. That's intense. And um, th th good thing you're abusing the the discount code stuff because that sounds like it can get pretty pricey. <laughs> Dude, it does. It actually <laughs> does. And and I'm mad that we're talking about this because now I really really want it, but I know I really shouldn't. I'm gonna have to wait for uh, Jimmy Stimmy to come through again so I can get pies <laughs> again. Uh, hopefully you you are you are soon on the receiving end of that Jimmy Stimmy. But uh... Biden, if you could hear me. I need pies and thighs. Let's get this stimmy, bro. Yeah, come on, Jack. Let me get this. Let me get this. Uh, this pies and thighs real quick. Cut the malarkey. I want my chicken. But uh, wait. So what's what's your uh, what was your order recently? 
so I've been um so so I've recently been on this kick where I haven't been eating meat or chicken. I've mostly oh, right. I've, I've only been eating fish. So my options are are pretty limited, but it's not too bad. Um, I'll tell a story of a place that I was ordering from before I made this lifestyle change, uh, and it was Mighty Quinn's Barbecue because if there's one thing that I lack in my area, is a good barbecue spot. There was one, I think there was a barbecue spot open like in my town, less than five minutes from my house for maybe like two months. And it was really good. Like the food was awesome. It was, it was cheap. It was a walk up window. It was like a real good mom and poppy place. But then it just like magically shut down. So they opened up this barbecue joint that was like close to me. And like, they've got like, you know, uh, They've got like platters and stuff like that. They've got great mac and cheese, uh, a variety of, of great sauces. I love like barbecue is like one of my like guilty pleasures, like whether it's like a chain restaurant barbecue, like like famous Dave's or something like that. Or like or like or even like the high end stuff. Like, I don't know if you've ever been to Dinosaur Barbecue in Manhattan. Um, no, no, I never even heard of it. Yeah, there's, there's like one location like outside of the Prudential Center in Newark. And there's one in, in Manhattan that I've been to a couple of times. And oh. It's so good. So I, if you live in like the, uh, the Clifton, New Jersey area, like anywhere off of like Route Three in that area, I highly recommend Mighty Quinn's Barbecue. It's a little expensive, but you're getting like good quality barbecue for your price. So, bro, next time you interview someone on this podcast, do me a favor, just let them know ahead of time to come with a full stomach, bro. <laughs> I am so hungry right now. This is insane. Like now I'm like thinking about barbecue. Thinking about pies and thighs. <laughs> you messed up, bro. You I gotta have that disclaimer. You got to make sure people are well fed. Yeah, I, I'm here to do two things. That's to make you hungry and to make you say that you're my friend uh, to my face. <laughs> um, but, you know, we're going to we're going to start wrapping things up right here. So I'm going to boot up the outro music just a little bit here. Uh, you guys can hear that. So, Glenn, my friend, Doe, my friend, Doe, I, I got to I got to stay on brand. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, this episode is going to be coming out this coming Saturday. Um, so, you know, you guys can look forward to that. So Glenn, where can the people find you? Go ahead and plug your stuff. So you can find me on Twitter at super Glentendo, and you can find my podcast on Apple podcasts and Spotify, the Glentendo podcast, or also on YouTube, same name, Glentendo podcast. Awesome. Yeah, definitely check it out and also check out the Glentendo circuit. Every uh, Sunday on, uh, yes. on Twitch.tv slash uh, Masterhand Gaming or Masterhand Games. I should probably know that because they're my team. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. But <laughs> yeah, check that out if you're in, in if you're into Mario Kart, uh, if you're into, into competitive Mario Kart. And check out Glenn's podcast if you're a fan of that. And uh, you, who knows? You might be you might be hearing a, a certain someone popping up on that podcast soon. <laughs> Foreshadowing is what the kids call it nowadays, but. Buddy, thank you again for joining me. No, thank you, buddy. And uh, also, it's been great to have, do a podcast where I didn't have to talk about video games. It's awesome. Yeah. So I appreciate you. I love you very much. You already know that. But now it's on record. And, uh, yeah, thanks again. All right. Uh, thank you guys again uh, for for everything. You can follow us on Twitter at CoopedUpPod. Email us questions uh, at CoopedUpPod at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be seeing you guys soon. Have yourselves a wonderful night and stay safe. Bye-bye.